Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Mr. Scott Chasen. Welcome back, Scott. This is the studio. <laughs> well, Fitz, I was planning on being remote again, but I lent my iPod or my iPad to a Buffalo Bills coordinator. I, I don't think I'm getting that back after this week. Well, I woke up in Edmond, and I've been driving ever since. <laughs> that has really nothing to do with the show. I'm just writing a country song out loud right now. Hmm. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. And we start things off with our two minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Fitz motion to change the name of the segment to four-minute offense because that's how Kansas State won that game against yes, Oklahoma. Yes, exactly. But after losing last week to Tulane, how did K-State go to Norman, beat the six-ranked Sooners 41-34 on Saturday night? I have no idea. Next question. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. It's what I love about college football because the layers of complexity here go deeper. Tulane went home and lost to Southern Miss. So again, I've said it over and over, every game, every week is self-contained in college football. It really has no relevance what happened the week before. K-State was so much more focused in this game than they were the week before. Deuce Vaughn was fighting some health issues last week and some cramping. He was back to his spectacular self. But the big story of the day was, of course, Adrian Martinez, who has struggled in his first three games as K-State's quarterback and absolutely lit up the Sooners in a spectacular performance. I'll get to that more in a little bit. But K-State hit the right notes on so many areas of the game. Big kick return by Malik Knowles. The defense stood up and did some things that it really needed to do at key times. Uh, got some crucial stops. There were no turnovers in this game. This was a pretty cleanly played game. Not a whole lot of penalties. But K-State just kind of picked up first downs when they needed a first down. They converted third and fourth downs at a rate that they just couldn't get done last week. And you know, again, Scott, it was just so impressive to watch how much more laser focused they were in this game. And I don't know what it is about playing Oklahoma, particularly in Norman, that brings the best out of this program. You change players, you change quarterbacks, you change coaches, you change years. And now K-State has won four out of six the last games in Norman. Nobody else over the last 30 years has won more than one game in Norman. That's how incredible this is and what Kansas State does consistently to Oklahoma down there. 
But at the end of the day, it was about Adrian Martinez. <clears throat> and this guy made a spectacular 55-yard run on a third and 16. They were looking to throw the ball to pick up a first down. They lost track of Adrian. He split some defenders. Take a bow, young man. You got into the end zone. You sealed the victory. It was a huge win for the Wildcats. It redefined them after they had been poorly defined the week before by that loss to Tulane. Job well done, Wildcats. It fits. You know what really impressed me? Normally, talent wins as the game goes on. Kansas State got better, especially down the stretch. Their offensive line started mulling dudes. They started having, you know, they were having offensive success. Adrian Martinez found even more in that run game. And maybe my favorite part was the very sad strobe light touchdown turned the lights off Oklahoma had while they were still down a score at the end of the game. It was a little bit silly. Yeah, the, the strobe light effect, I don't think should be allowed. It's very disruptive and irritating and um, what I, I just feel for people have problems with strobe lights. They go to a football game and all of a sudden the whole stadium turns into a dance party. <laughs> Come on, OU. It was a sad disco fit. a yes, sad disco. Uh, so, haven't we all been there? <laughs> Scott, Kansas kept its winning streak alive. This is incredible. They take down Duke 35 to 27. Mm-hmm. What did you see from another impressive showing by the 4-0 Jayhawks? Well, Fitz, this was the disappointing offensive game. This was the worst offensive performance Kansas has had. They were stopped on a fourth and one at the one-yard line. They fumbled in the red zone and put up a ho-hum 35 points at home against a Power 5 team. Fitz, I, I don't know how Kansas is doing it. There are a number of factors. This offense is absolutely remarkable. I guess I would be remiss if I didn't mention the packed house. I'm going to talk about Jalen Daniels. He saw the blitzer there. He found Daniel Hysha open in the flat. But also, I just want to take a second and watch this play. See ya. Nope. It's a nice I try. Him. I got him. No, I got him. <laughs> good, good attempt Hold on. tackle. I'll get him. No, get I don't spin. Have him. Nope. Keep running. Keep going. Keep going. Daniel Hysha was stumbling out of breath at the end of that touchdown run, but he made it there. Look at this throw by Jalen Daniels. Under pressure, off his back foot, corner of the end zone where his guy only can get it. Jalen Daniels has taken that next step as a quarterback, and it's remarkable. Fitz, this was his second straight game, accounting for five touchdowns. The Kansas offense scored five touchdowns. He had a hand in all of them. Four of them were passing. This guy has been on passer rating, the number one, or quarterback rating, the number one quarterback in the nation for multiple weeks now. Fitz, he's appearing on early season Heisman lists. He has been the Big 12's best quarterback through four weeks. Now that's only a third of a season. Kansas has played its easier games to start the year. So, you know, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But this Kansas offense has been special. The offensive line has been better. The playmakers have made plays. LJ Arnold, Quentin Skinner had a huge third down catch in the red zone where Jalen Daniels fit it between two guys. Jalen Daniels has been remarkable. Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, has called some phenomenal games. This Kansas offense is scary. I don't see any Big 12 teams on the schedule that I think, yeah, Kansas won't be able to hang with them. I thought Mike Elko, this Duke team, was in the right positions defensively. They have a defensive-minded head coach now. Kansas said, okay, we'll beat you in one-on-one matchups, and we'll find new ways and new options and new ways to kind of scheme things up. Very impressed by Kansas again. If it's 4-0, it's the first time Kansas has won four games since 2009. We're four games into the season here. It's crazy. It's incredible. It, this offense is so fun to watch and effective. They do. They spread the field. They create one-on-one matchups, and they've gone out and found players that can beat someone in a one-on-one matchup. And Eventually, someone will figure out how to slow them down a little bit, and maybe that'll open up a book on them that people can follow. But for now, they're, they're riding high. This is a huge game this weekend in Lawrence. Yeah, against Iowa State, and we'll talk more about it, too. 
Well, both Texas and Oklahoma lost on an eventful college football Saturday, and I feel badly for them. I mean, they're, they're leaving the conference. Anyhow, I'll go over I'll keep reading. Scott, we're already seeing some parity across this conference. How many wins do you think it'll take to make the Big 12 title game? Fitz, I was, I was looking into this because there is so much parity. Some years, eight. You've had to win eight to make it to that game because the conference has been a little bit more top-heavy. Some years it's been seven. Some years you can sneak in with six. I really believe this is a year where if you can go seven and two in the conference, you're going to come out ahead. You're going to be almost guaranteed yeah. a spot to that Big 12 title game just because I don't think there are the Giants at the top of the league. OU and Texas fall. But across the league, we've seen Baylor look vulnerable when they played BYU. We saw Iowa State just go down to Baylor. Kansas looks better than you think. West Virginia has had some better offensive performances. They've been kind of up and down. TCU has looked sharp. K-State just got a huge win against Oklahoma. Uh, Fitz, I see a very balanced conference that will probably not have a team even close to the college football playoff because of the yep. parity in the league. But that has a lot of talent. And, and, you know, this kind of underscores the point. I'm not a huge metrics guy when it comes to football just because there's so much happening on the field. It's hard to assign a number to it. Uh, but ESPN does SP plus rankings. They basically tell you, we're going to rank the offense, we're going to rank the defense, we're going to rank the team. Half of the Big 12 teams have either a top 20 offense or a top 20 defense. Zero have both. I think that speaks to the level of depth in the Big 12. Each team does something differently. Some have good offenses like KU. Some have great defenses like K-State. A lot of teams that are hard to beat, but very few great teams, and I think that that breeds parity. It's going to create some incredible matchups between good programs that um, will just pair together in games that will be epic. But how about this? Everyone in the preseason poll had Kansas and Texas Tech in the bottom two slots. They're both 1-0 in this conference. KU with a road win and Texas Tech with a win over Mighty Texas. I'm so tired of them. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. And, of course, now that Oklahoma and Texas are 0-1 in the conference, the national media will spin that to be it's a bad year in the Big 12. Just the opposite. This is quality from top to bottom, and Kansas proves it. Yeah, this fits. This is going to be probably as exciting a conference race as you'll see. Yep. I really have no idea at this point who ends up in the title game. I think that's fun. It's going to be a blast all season long until the very last game, <laughs> but more on that later. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Fitz, last week's question was, who is the best quarterback in the Big huh. 12? I think some Kansas fans uh, may have gotten a hold of this poll. That's good. Jalen Daniels, 85%. Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, 6%. Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State, 5%. Other getting 4% of the vote. Others pretty good, too. <laughs> Here's this week's question. Will either Kansas or Kansas State make, make the Big 12 title game? I say both. Let's just go for it. <laughs> Kansas only, K-State only, neither. Those are your four choices. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page, at The Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, you mentioned Adrian Martinez, but now explain just how good he was against Oklahoma. You know, you look at the stats and you see pretty good numbers, but that really doesn't tell the story. Just as last week when he seemed to have decent numbers against Tulane, but he was pretty dreadful. He didn't put his shoulder down. He didn't pick up first downs. He didn't make key plays. He didn't make crucial throws. He did all of that and more in this game. He was absolutely incredible. And there was just some plays that you can't explain. You know, we're looking at something here in studio. He runs through three Sooners to pick up a first down. He basically runs through him for three yards to get it done. He had some play fakes with Deuce Vaughn that just left him wide open. He had four rushing touchdowns and one passing touchdown. So like Jalen Daniels, he accounted for five touchdowns. But really the the crucial play was at the end of the game. K-State's trying to run out the clock. They're trying to eat up the clock. They know they probably need another score to secure this game because everyone seems to be answering each other through the course of this contest. And facing a third and 16, they run the receivers deep. They're looking for something up the seam. Oklahoma did a great job of covering, but they also did a great job of losing track of Adrian Martinez, who split some linebackers, who split some defensive backs, got to the sidelines, outran almost everyone on the OU defense. When they had an angle at him, he didn't go out of bounds. He slid at the four, surrendering himself, keeping the clock moving after they set the markers, and cutting away what was probably crucial time in this game because Oklahoma did score and then they couldn't uh, recover the onside kick. Eddie Martinez was brilliant, and we asked him about it after the game, and he said, yeah, this is my best college game. He was emotional because he knew he had played so horribly the week before and let down his teammates. But to a person that we talked to, nobody lost faith in Adrian Martinez, including his coaches. They said, man, just go out there and let it rip. And boy, did he let it rip in this game. He was everything K-State thought they were getting out of a quarterback. And I'm just going to say it. He was never the problem at Nebraska. He kept them in games at Nebraska. He didn't lose the games. They would be nowhere in contact with the opponent if not for Adrian Martinez. If he keeps playing this way, K-State's going to win all or a lot of games. And it's just, it was a blast to watch. And it was good to see a good kid have good things happen to him. Fitz, that third and 16 was remarkable. Mm. But just the number of times he put his shoulder down in there, Kansas fans will remember Carter Stanley, who I talked to. He was actually afraid to slide because he thought he might, like, tear something. He didn't really know how. But he would put his shoulder in, and you would hear from other players and just say how fired up that got them, that their quarterback was sticking their head in there like that and really fighting for them. I see that with Adrian Martinez and more. I think he's incredibly talented, and I I thought those plays, that that many of which we just saw, those were remarkable. There's a time to slide, but not on third down, and he just consistently picked up first downs. But he had a play fake at the goal line where it looked like the entire Oklahoma team tackled um, Deuce Vaughn, who didn't have the ball, and Adrian just tried it right into the end zone. It was a fun performance to watch. Well, Scott, let's look to the future. Kansas needs to go just 2-6 and over its next eight games to become bowl eligible. For the first time since 2008, can they get it done? 
Well, Fitz, I think they have a shot. Yeah. And the reason why they have a shot and the reason why this Duke game was so much bigger than it might have seemed. Like, yes, Kansas was a favorite. Yes, they sold it out. This is a three-game, a rare three-game homestand for Kansas coming up. They've taken care of some of these road games, one of which you'll see some highlights of on the screen, right? They've gone to Houston. They've gone to West Virginia. They already have what is, in effect, two Power 5 wins. You know, I know Houston's not quite there yet. They will be, um, you know, coming up soon. The schedule kind of opens up for Kansas to where if they can just go one and one in these next two games, they'll get Iowa State, probably going to be another sellout at home. Then they get a beatable TCU team. If they can just find a way to win one of those, you get six games the back half of the season. Needing just one, you just gotta win one game, including a stretch against Texas Tech, Texas, and K-State to end the year, and you're bowl eligible. But Fitz, let's go beyond that. Let's stream a little bit bigger because this Kansas team is kind of in a window where a lot of these guys, including Jalen Daniels, and if the coaching staff does come back, they'll have a lot of these top pieces, a lot of these top players back. This could be not just one bull year for Kansas if they are able to get it done down the stretch. You could be looking at two really, really good, solid years of Kansas football. And I also think it's time that Kansas gets some national respect too. I think Kansas has been getting some attention. It's kind of funny, oh yes, Kansas is playing well. Kansas was not ranked in the AP Top 25 this week. They come in at number 26. Fitz, that kind of bothered me for a few reasons. I, I don't like polls this early in the year because so much of what happens in right. them are based off the preseason poll. People see a team that they think is going to be good and then they rank based against that. Uh, a prime example, Florida is two and two. Florida is ranked 28. Kansas has two road wins. Kansas has beaten three power five teams. Uh, Fitz, you just mentioned Ole Miss. Ole Miss is 4-0 with wins over, like, Tulsa. They have one road win. I think it was against Georgia Tech. Who fired their coach today? Uh, Ole Miss is ranked 12 spots higher than Kansas 12. No, it's because it's Kansas. It's because people didn't think this team would be good. Kansas has as good a resume as just about any team in the country to this point if you remove the names, if you remove the rankings. Three Power 5 wins, two of those on the road. They've covered the spread in every game this year, which I know doesn't really matter, but that says they're exceeding expectations again. It's time to rank Kansas, and K-State should be ranked higher, too. I, I had a, a poll voter ask me in the press box Saturday what I would do with KU and K-State, and I said, well, I, I think... First of all, I don't do a poll, so I don't keep track of everyone around the country. But you, you mentioned some problems with the polls. I would have ranked them both, but I would have ranked Kansas higher than Kansas State. Hmm. Now, Kansas State might have a better win, but they did lose at home to Tulane, and you can't ignore that as a fact. I think whenever you lose at home in an upset like that, it should cost you a little bit extra. But K-State certainly is worthy of being in the rankings also. Hmm. Now let's step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. Well, Fitz, let's talk some NFL. Kansas City fell to the Indianapolis mm. Colts today. Not a great offensive performance. Special teams was a problem. Where do you kind of see this team three games into the season? Well, it was just one of those games where nothing seemed to go right. I mean, special teams were atrocious. I wouldn't want to be the special teams coordinator for the Chiefs today or tomorrow or next week. It, <laughs> that literally cost them the game. They just had so many mistakes in special teams that – uh, without even one of them, they might have won the game. It was awful. Chris Jones had an awful penalty at the end. He said, you know, I didn't say anything that I haven't said before or say every game. Well, I tend to believe the official on this. I think you said a magic word, Chris. And maybe you do say it every game. You just don't aren't heard about it. Now you can argue that, do you really want to throw that flag for, for something said at that point of the game? But look... Kansas City shouldn't have been in that position with the Indianapolis Colts, period, end of story. They don't get it together. They're not going to do much this season. They're a little shorthanded. They're a little beaten up. 
they got to get back on the winning track, and it won't be easy in this stretch of games. Yeah, Fitz, offense wasn't good enough. Special teams were terrible, like oh. you mentioned. If you're going to run a fake field goal because you don't trust your kicker, hey, send your quarterback out, your $250 million, $500 million, whatever it is, quarterback out. Let him throw for the first down if you're going to run a fake field goal on a fourth and ten. I just thought there were lots of problems from Kansas City today, including timeout use by Andy Reid. Cost his team having 40 extra seconds to go for the win. Uh, or go for the tie because he didn't call timeout. I agree. Mm-hmm. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Medlark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. Well, Fitz, our fan question this week is a little bit looking forward. This is the season finale, but how excited are you guys for KU versus K-State in Manhattan? And that is from Lenny in Topeka. What's remarkable, first of all, I'm not excited right now because it's so far away. <laughs> I mean, it's the last game of the regular season. But who would have thought that there would be probably some serious stakes in this contest? And I am happy that the battle for John Brown's rifle has some context to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with it until it catches on. I'm just <laughs> well, Fitz, this could have bowling implications. This could have Big 12 title game implications. This could just be some really good football in the state of Kansas, and it will absolutely be a sellout. I think absolutely. it'll be a lot of fun. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at the Drive 13. When we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. It's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and it's time to take a look at our predictions, sadly for me. <laughs> predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House. Meet your friends at Kites and the Draft House since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the fans went one and two. <laughs> Horrible effort by the fans. I went one and two. That's a great job by me. Uh, and Scott went three and zero oh because he's lucky. You can see <laughs> Very lucky. Bosses. Again, I will remind everyone, Fitz destroyed me last year, so I would like to stop the count here and just end it and call it good. We're moving on. Hey, uh, Iowa State is our first pick. They're at Kansas. Kansas is Plus 3.5. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's favored in this game? Iowa State's favored by three and a half fits. I will actually take Iowa State in this one. I picked against Kansas two weeks in a row. It worked last week. I'll try it again. Uh, nobody record this at home. Rock chalk. I'm taking KU. <laughs> well, next is Texas Tech at K-State. Fitz, I will stay with my theme of hating the in-state schools. I will take Texas Tech, K-State to win a close one. Ema, go Cats. <laughs> There we go. Our last game of the week is a great one. Oklahoma State's at Baylor. We put this up as a pick em. Mm-hmm. I got the Bears. <sighs> Fitz, I will go with Oklahoma State, but this should be the game of the week. This should be a heck of a lot yeah, of fun. I think these are the best teams in the conference. Remember to make your picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 It's now time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community. And we start off with Mr. Scott Chasen. Well, Fitz, quickly, I'll just talk about the Kansas defense, which has continued to show signs of improvement week after week after week, was a little bit better against Houston after really struggling against West Virginia. And this game did something really important. First drive of the game, Kansas turned the ball over on downs at the one-yard line. They went for it on fourth and one. They didn't get it. The defense got a three and out, got them the ball right back. This Kansas defense has not started fast in games to start the year. That was absolutely huge for Kansas to get the ball, go down and score. Defense really stepped up in this game. They weren't perfect, but they were better. Well, Kansas State won at Oklahoma because of depth, which is something Chris Kleiman's been trying to build. Kansas State played virtually everyone it took on defense because it was a hot and humid night, and Oklahoma goes so fast on offense, you got to rotate guys when you can. 
and the Wildcats had just enough in the tank to survive a great effort by Oklahoma on a night where players were going down with cramps. Great job by the K-State defense and the entire Wildcat roster. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.